Listen, I did film and television studies at university for three years. I spent hours reading countless books and articles on subjects spanning from film all the way to television. Not a single one mentioned Hugh Grant once. I achieved the hardest qualification across any university or college ever, a 2-1 in history. Let me tell you, the only thing that I learned was that we, as a society, have a history of denying and neglecting Hugh Grant's artistic and cultural relevance, not just in this country, but in the entire world. I met Oscar at a Hugh Grant-themed event I put on at the Students' Union. It felt as though Diggory and I were the only ones there. And we agreed that there was a Hugh Grant-shaped hole in academia. We decided to put it right ourselves. We want to show people that he's an icon in acting. We want to show people he's more than just a bumbling posh guy. I'm Diggory Waite. And I'm Oscar Beardmore Gray. And, and this, this is... Taking Hugh for granted. Hello and welcome to Taking Hugh for Granted, the podcast in which two Hugh Grant enthusiasts watch every single film starring Hugh Grant in the attempt to answer the simple question, is this film taking Hugh for granted? Is this film good on its own or does it rely on the bumbling Brit for its acclaim? I'm Dougal Waite and I'm joined as always by my colleague and fellow Hugh Grant obsessive Oscar Bidmore Gray. Oscar, how the bloody hell are you doing today, mate? I'm doing very well, Diggs. Um... I guess we've we just come off the back of this big wedding that we were talking about last week and we survived. Yes. There was no yeah. Rowan Atkinson style spigot stuff. Um, no. Me and you weren't too bumbling. We got through it unscathed. It's true. So yeah. we had a good time, didn't we? We had a great time. I wept throughout the ceremony. I'm not sure if that takes place. I'm sure there's some sort of crying taking place in one of the four weddings mm. in four weddings and a funeral but yeah that was great we had a good time we boogied we danced it pissed uh, it with my rain voice, all day it did it did indeed yeah my voice I don't know if you guys can tell it's still probably not back um, after all the singing and dancing we did but it was an absolutely amazing time and congratulations to the happy couple who are currently on their honeymoon which yeah, is so exciting. I mean of course they're going to be listening to this episode on their honeymoon. Yeah, I mean, that's... absolutely. Because they're probably bored out their minds right now. <laughs> like, oh, what do we do now as husband and wife? Let's listen to Taking You For Granted. They probably don't even know that we've talked about them these last few episodes. Probably have. I did tell them, actually. I, I saw oh, right. Yeah, I did tell them. Maybe they'll get us one more listen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's annoying it doesn't count as two because they're together, but still. Oh, well. But uh, I guess... Unfortunately, after all this fun, it's just back to usual programming from now on. I know, it's very sad. No, indeed, no more wedding, no more fun. And so now we're going back to Hugh's old back catalogue and looking today at a film called Crossing the Line, a.k.a. The Big Man. So I don't know if you saw about this, that Crossing the Line is the version that we've watched, which is, I think, the American cut, which mm -hmm. is about an hour and a half. However, the original was The Big Man, which was released in the UK, and it was close to two hours. And there's some stuff cut in there. But yeah, what did you... Yeah, I, do you know anything well, more I mean, about that? Did you find any more I like the, the name The Big Man. Yeah. The Big Man sounds so much better than Crossing the Line. Crossing um, the Line. And again, I think it's what we've seen, isn't it, with things like Rowing with the Wind, and there's a couple of other films where they have a big actor, i.e. Liam Neeson. Mm. The film yeah. is crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two-hour version wasn't that great, and they yeah. decided we'll do a re-release where we knock it down to an hour and a half, um, mm. and Harvey Weinstein and his wanker friends get all the money. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. That is, it's always sad when we see these these films coming up because they had their finger in every bloody pie, the Weinsteins. They, it's so annoying. So yeah, they, they were up there. Um, but that's just a bit of context because I saw a lot of people talking about how the original had a lot more uh, context and background info that actually to me did sound interesting and perhaps may have included more Hugh Grant, which is a <laughs> shame that it didn't. But let's talk about that after we have a synopsis from Synopsis Simon. Crossing the Line, original title The Big Man, directed by David Leland and released in 1990. When out-of-work coal miner Danny Schooler, played by Liam Neeson, shows off his fighting prowess in a pub brawl, his friend Frankie, played by Sir Billy Connolly, puts him forward to compete in an illegal bare-knuckle fighting ring to make some cash. Fearing the consequences, Danny's wife, played by Joanne Wally, leaves with their children and soon after is spotted with a new man, Gordon, a.k.a. Hugh Grant. Right, Oscar, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the accents mm. because it's set in Scotland, this thing, and so Liam Neeson, who we're used to his sort of like low Soft register... Exactly. Comes in at the very beginning and he's playing with his little Scottish kids and his Scottish wife. He's like, oh, yeah, didn't he? And you're like, oh, wow, okay. This is quite abrasive on the ears. I wasn't expecting it. And then it dawned on me. I was like, hang on a minute. Hugh Grant. Surely not. He's not going to do a, a, a Scottish accent before because we love his accents on this podcast, don't we? We love him. We, we love him. We have impromptu where he was playing Chopin, but he was like sort of Italian, even though it's meant to be Polish and or French. Um, what else have we got? Of course, got his geezer East East Ender accent. Yes, in things like The Gentleman. Yeah, which is obviously amazing. But sometimes, you know, his accents He's got an like American I say, they, accent in Our Sons as well. There you go. They've been they've been hit and miss. I think been. is is kind to say. But with this Scottish one, I felt I felt like he could do it because we've heard him do it uh, before. Well. I, th- I think some people have because there's this amazing story about how for a while Hugh Grant was like right agents in the business they cost so much money and all they do is just you know answer emails and talk to people so I'm just going to be my own agent if you don't have a big entourage and a whole business organization how do I get you for a film is it that I just send you do I mail you a script is that it or <laughs> as, a, as a director well, I'm, or... I do have an agent again now but I did for four years not have one I, I told everyone if you want me go to James Howe Ely in London, and he didn't exist. It was, it was me on a different email account. Is that right? Yeah. You made up a name. Yeah. James Howe, what is it? James Howe Ely. James uh, Howe Ely. I used to fancy a girl called Anne Howe Ely. She wore big earrings and uh, she was attractive. <laughs> so James Howe Ely handled everything. And he'd get these emails. They would say, can you get this script to Hugh? And yeah. I would write back, yeah, I'll try and get him to read it this week. <laughs> I saved myself an absolute fortune. fortune. But the problem was, these people who were sending stuff, they, they wanted a personal relationship right, with James. They'd right. say, we're coming to London next week, let's have lunch. Did you ever call anyone as James Howe Ely? Yeah, I got rumbled in the end. I can't remember what happened, but I, James had to get on the phone one time. What was th- James's voice like? Well, I was watching the golf, and there was a Scottish commentator, so I thought, right, he's Scottish. Right. And I did a, a pretty bad Scottish accent. Like my call, I go, oh, hello, Mr. Howe Ely, uh, how are you? What would you oh, say? Uh, oh, that's right. N- nice to see you. Nice to hear from you, Howard. I. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that script to Hugh as fast as I can now. Did you feel uh, guilty doing that? Uh, I did a bit, yeah. And yeah. then and then I started <laughs> to slip up because if I'd had a drink or two, right. I'd write emails as James and I'd sign off Hugh by mistake. <laughs> <laughs>
the Scottish accent, I actually thought wasn't bad. I liked it. No, it was good. It worked. It was so great. His intro is brilliant as well because it's uh, this character's, I think, mum. She's an old lady looking out the window being like, It's coming this way. Thank you. How's the doctor's life these days? Well, thriving. Uh, people dropping like flies, Mrs. Haggis. Good, good. It's all right, Mother. Right, we'll see you later. Oh. Hi, Mum. See you later. Oh, hi. Hi, Mum. Good. Hi. Oh, look. It's that young Gordon boy. Oh. Although she's doing it in a Scottish accent. And she's like, she loves it and she's loving him. And then he's like, and he's coming this way. Ooh. <laughs> and he like knocks the door. He's like, you're right, mom. You're right. All that sort of stuff. And you're you're like, right, pal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. You're like, yes, he's there. But it's just so, it's absolutely classic because, yes, he's lost his usual sort of like, like you say, RP, posh voice. But he's kept the fact that um, they're. He's kept the fact that everyone thinks he's attractive and they're obsessed with him and he's a good, polite boy. I think he's probably got quite a posh Scottish accent, hasn't he? Because, I mean, us probably. English folk, we maybe can't quite spot it, but he's not mm. quite, you know, he's a he's a posh Glaswegian. With it. He's a doctor. He's got a nice mm. haircut. He wears, he's willing, he's wearing nice jumpers. Mm. Um, and, oh, very nice and, jumpers. And it seems like uh, Liam Neeson's wife's family are sort of, you know, they've come from a bit more wealth than uh, the bare-knuckle mm. fighter, Liam, who just goes around punching people with <laughs> no care in the world, seemingly. Yeah. It, yeah, it's fascinating. Liam Neeson's wife has left Liam Neeson. And this is why I kind of... I was hoping that the film... I wonder whether in the original cut they go into this more because mm. Liam Neeson's wife is like, right, Liam's going to be a bare-knuckle fighter. That's illegal. I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want that. So she takes the kids and leaves. And then the next time we see her... She's with this new guy, Gordon. And it's just so, it's like that. It feels like it's been days. And that's why, and that never really, we never really see their relationship properly no. and what actually is going on with this guy, Gordon. And it's kind and that's why, one, I want to know more because I'm interested, but two, because it's Hugh Grant. And we, <laughs> you know, and like, so she literally leaves Liam Neeson and then the next day is with this new guy. It's like, I was like, I want to see how that yeah, happens. Yeah, we want to see some what... courting. We want to see some romance. Yeah. And we don't see any exactly. of that. And we also, Actually, I think that would have been a classic love story, wouldn't it? Where Liam does something that wins her back. But in mm. reality, there's nothing that he does to win her, win her back. It's more that she realises that Hugh is not for her. Which, yeah, I would which have, we don't even really see. No, we don't see that. So I'd have really yeah. wanted... You know what I was pining for? I was hoping mm. the entire time, and we'll get onto this later, there's a really yeah. violent fight scene. And I thought mm. that Liam Neeson, he spots Hugh Grant in a nightclub with his girl. And I was uh -huh. really hoping to see a bare-knuckle fight between Hugh Grant oh, and Liam Neeson. Word. That would have been sensational. It would have been sensational. It would have... It, it would have been... The de like that the film was decent. I actually listen. I'll I'll be honest with you. I thought the film was pretty good. If that had happened though in that film, and Liam Neeson had seen Hugh Grant lost his rag and they'd had a bare knuckle fight in that club, I think that would have been to the film's detriment. And I think the film I would have been like, oh god, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, that just it would have been just too ridiculous for me. Um, so luckily it didn't happen. However, I'm annoyed it didn't happen at the same time because that we'd be sat here. Hugging ourselves, being like, "How have we not seen this film yet?" Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, have a bare knuckle fight. Mm. So good. Well, you're listening to Hugh Grant taking Hugh for granted on the radio. 
Hugh Grant, taking Hugh for granted. Oh, the podcast show. So, Diggs, maybe it's about time we talk about the big man. Yes. And our general thoughts on the film, Mr. Lee and Mr. Liam Neeson. Yeah. I, do you know what? I really liked this film. I actually, way more than I thought I would. Because I, because at the end of it, I thought to myself, I wish that had been longer. I wish I'd, I'd known more, which I think actually, again, and I should have known more because if we would have watched the proper version, it would have been two hours long. However, online they've said the proper version, all they do is really go into more of the, basically Liam Neeson used to be, he, he was a coal miner and was one of the people that did want, did the strikes against Thatcher's government, all that sort of stuff. And and his town loved him as a result. Basically, the fa- apparently the film just goes a bit more into detail about that, which to be fair, could leave. I think it was kind of fine starting the film being like, this guy in his town is a bit of a hero. They all love him. That's what we're off to. He's now got a criminal record. He can't get a job. He has to bear knuckle fight. He Within 10 minutes, he's beaten this guy outside the pub <laughs> and he's got his money. He's gone back to his wife and he's been like, look, I'm going to become a bare knuckle fighter. And she's like, you can't. You've always got to be Jack the Lad. You're too old to believe in Santa Claus, Danny. Just what sort of job is it? Oh, for Christ's sake, Beth, it's money, isn't it? Van Draven doesn't make this kind of money. Okay, so you don't want to drive a van? Fine, no problem. But what are you going to do? Ride a racehorse? Fight a man. You mean hit someone? Fight. Fight a man. Who? Don't know. You don't know? It doesn't matter. It's bare knuckles, right? It's a bare knuckle fight. Since when were you a bare knuckle fighter? I can't sit here and watch the children's underwear for the rest of my life. Why not? I work. I earn the money. I've got a job! And what was weird, yeah, that bit is so good because he's like, look, I'm going to be a bare knuckle fighter. And they go into bed together with their kids in there and they're all sleeping in the same bed and they're having this really deep conversation where she's like, you've always got to be Jack the Lad. You know, you're you're gonna hurt yourself all that sort of stuff and it's really sweet and then they start having sex and you're like now is that in the same bed with your children or have you moved rooms i really can't tell i hope the children aren't present that was a bad edge cut wasn't it that one (laughs) yeah yeah it was like i'm not really sure what's going on um but so in terms of how it started i was like i'm in but what about you what did you think i honestly would just like to say that liam liam neeson's a proper actor isn't he he's a proper actor He's class, and I agree with you. He, he, I think he absolutely carries this film, and if he wasn't good, mm-hmm. this film would be locked away and, you know, yeah. the, no one would ever want to see it ever again. It has no. 600,000 views on YouTube, and people would love it. Like, it's a bit yeah. like... It's a bit like privilege for Hugh Grant. It's been put on YouTube and there's all these Liam Neeson fanboys and fangirls who've mm. come in and just, they are absolutely melting over this performance. And Liam Neeson, he's a specimen back in there. I know he's a, you know, he's, yeah. he still is. He's a, you know, he's a hunk of meat, isn't he? But yeah, they have this fight and maybe we should talk about the fight now. And he, yeah. he takes off his, all his kit and, he, you know, how tall is he? He must be about six, seven or something. He's enormous. Yeah, he's, he's enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just, it, he just goes pound to pound with this absolute brute. And yeah. it must be, I'm not joking, the longest fight scene I've potentially seen ever in in cinema. It's ridiculous. That is so spot on. It's so long. And I have to be quite honest, quite boring. Because <laughs> it is actually just like, it's so telegraphed. It is just like, they just smack each other until one of them goes down and everyone's like eh, bah, 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 bah. back you go back you go and then, they, then they're like okay uh. and then they smack and then it's like another few minutes of them just smacking each other yeah! 
it's as if one of them like resurrects from the dead every time too. Yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. he's like on the floor, dead seemingly. He's literally been kicked in the face about fifteen times, and then suddenly mm. it's like. It's like slow motion. Oh, oh he's getting back up. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Look, I mean, I saw the new James Bond film on Sunday, and that's got some mm. serious car chases and fights, but nothing like this. <laughs> exactly. But th- that's the thing. I mean, we, when Jason Bourne came around, that became the era of a whole new style of like fighting, where it was like handheld cameras, really fast. A lot of this, like you just you just see like hands being thrown all that sort of stuff. This was like you, it's just a steady cam, two guys just whacking each other <laughs> just for ten minutes straight. Um, but I, to be fair, they pulled out all the classic like boxing film stops, where it was sort of like. I'm going to whack you loads. You're going to go down and then, oh, he gets back up again. And like, just before the round starts, someone's going to be a naughty boy. And just before he gets three, as he's saying, three, two, on two, he's going to spit in my eyes and then whack me in the stomach. Five. Prepare. Five. And then he goes one. And then and the round starts. So it's like, oh, that guy's been a bastard, all that sort of stuff. They just pull it all out. But... For me, as I say, it got quite boring after a while because I was like, okay, well, I, I know what happens now. He goes down, then, oh, he's going to get back up. They fight for a bit, and then he goes down, and he's going to get back up, and they fight for a bit, and you just sit there, and you're like, okay. Um, but, like you, I was blown away by Liam Neeson's stature. Like, I just didn't realise, because the guy he's going up against, like you say, is an absolute brute, and the whole way through, everyone's being like, this guy's going to absolutely eat you for breakfast. He's going to munch you, all that sort of stuff. And then when you see Liam Neeson, the way he carries himself, the way he walks around, stalks around the ring, mm. it's sick. It's so cool. <laughs> it is sick. It is sick. Yeah. And he, I mean, he takes an absolute pounding as well. Like, yeah. Bare knuckle fighting. I mean, Diggs, who would win me versus you? <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't we're know. both massive, like, wet wipes. So probably. We are. We are. I Well, it's funny, actually, because some of our friends at, at uni who we saw a couple of weeks back there was there was people were talking about me fighting someone and funny enough the guy who just got married was like nah mate Diggs is mental the guy's crazy he would he would bat you <laughs> so I think amongst, at least amongst our friends I've got this, Scra- this... You're, a scra- you're like scrappy dude exactly exactly I won't stop I'm uh yeah I like yeah, yeah, I, I reckon you'd it. be like a tornado you know kind of yeah, like yeah. WWE style just come in and yeah a thousand punches in a second but also i do what that guy does in the fight i just bite people and stuff mm. i've bitten you before i mean to be fair you, in the west country games on our stag do you were immense so did yes so we did this thing on the stag do where um it was like two you know that thing where you have like a bouncy castle you have two people on a platform you give them a big like blow up thing you just basically just try and smack each yeah other. these big blow up noodles that you just whack each other with yeah Diggs beat so about 20 your... of us he was undefeated i beat I was undefeated and I was like, I was looking around, I was going, is there anyone else? Is there anybody else? Which you might have also heard if you watched, if you listened to our latest episode, we then played this drinking game and Diggory does a very similar rendition where he's like, you know, what it, what is that from? It's like, <laughs> why is it from, it's either from is it Gladiator? Gladiator. It might be Gladiator, but also I think it could be from Troy. It might be Troy where... Uh, well, are you not entertained? Is from Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Okay, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Oh, that's so sick. Actually, I'm gonna watch that film again. It's so good. <laughs> oh man, but you know what? Bring it back to the film as well. Like, 
I was entertained, and there was a bit as well where Liam Neeson. So the good, the cool thing about him is, is, uh, is like he's this fighter and all that sort of stuff. But he's not just unlike me in the ring. I'm not, he's not just a madman. He needs a principle to fight, which is really cool. And there's this, and so to get him to win this fight, everyone keeps telling him what a bad bloke this other guy is. But there's this bit, and again, this is so annoying, where he's he's, he's in his hotel room, he's looking out the window, and some like fight scrap is going on outside. It looks like someone's being mugged or something. And because of the rain, the way that, again, he stalks, like the way he stands, Liam Neeson's stature, I was like, oh my God, he's going to become Batman. He's going to use his <laughs> fighting prowess for good. He's going to run down there and beat off the things. And it's just so sad that that's not the way that the film went, because that would have been so amazing. But... Yeah, he would be an one can dream. Batman. After seeing this, I think you're right. He would be so sick. Again, it's just the way he moves, the way he stalks around the room, the way he's so threatening. Mm. How old is, is he sick? now? He must oh, be. Man, I mean, I he's, he is of the same era, isn't he? I mean, obviously, yeah. we, we, we yeah. haven't mentioned, but obviously Hugh and Liam are in Love Actually together. So it was a nice yeah. surprise to see that connection again. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very good. And one another thing I'll say on the film as well, you don't associate Liam Neeson with being funny. And to be fair, in this film, he's not. But, <laughs> um, which, again, I would recommend everyone check out the scene from Life's, a TV show called Life's Too Short where Liam Neeson goes to Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant is like, I want to do a funny scene, let's try and do one together. And it's just obviously horrendously unfunny because Liam Neeson's just, he's just so serious all the time. And it's just so great. So I'd recommend checking that out. But the film as a whole, even though the subject matter is really quite dark, it's actually really quite funny. And Billy Colony mm. in particular is really funny. Um, he, he, so he was it, good too, yeah. He was really good. Great comic relief. And uh, the scenes such as like... <laughs> such as when Liam Neeson is like take my dog that he back to my wife because I want you know the dog's annoying me like get rid of it and he you know Billy Connolly goes back to give the dog back sees his wife with Hugh Grant and he's like oh well I can't give the dog back so instead but he can't bring the dog back to Liam because Liam will be really annoyed so he's like right and so he's like saying sorry to this dog before he's about to push it off this <laughs> this bridge and it's awful he's been like I know if the roles reverse doggy you do the same thing blah, blah, blah. and then he eventually does actually push it I know it's, so you're like, it's crazy when he pushed him off it's the bridge so I know, it's so dark. So that's what I mean. You have this like... But the film, I do think, does a great job of like, actually being funny, but then actually being dark. And the two not... Neither one winning out so that you're like... So it feels out of place, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, again, big, big thumbs up to the film for me. Taking he for granted. Taking he for granted. Taking he for granted. What did you think, lads? Were they taking he for granted? Oscar Beardmore Grey, Hugh Grant enthusiast. Mm. Um, crossing the line, a.k.a. the big man. Are we taking Hugh for granted? Well, I had the pleasure last night of watching most of this film of my dad, which is actually, I think, the first time I've watched mm. any of the films of my dad. Um, so that, that was quite nice since he's a big fan of the podcast. And I'm going to mm. go with his verdict. He left about 45 minutes into the film. <laughs> And he said, I'm going to bed. There's no Hugh Grant in this. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. There's no Hugh Grant in it. He's in it There's for no like Hugh five minutes. Yeah. And I know we've we've said, we've come down to this verdict before where if he's not in it enough, the film's taking Hugh for granted. And I think it goes yeah. back to your point at the beginning where the longer cut has been cut down and I think Hugh's yeah. been taken out of it. And yeah. for that reason, even though I thought 
Liam Neeson was excellent, and actually, mm. it's one of the better Hugh Grant films we've watched. I actually think it was mm. a, it was it stood it stood up well, and loved the performance of Liam Neeson and loved Hugh Grant's accent, but he wasn't yeah. in it enough, so we're taking Hugh for granted. I think that is it's really tough because when we look back at the the chart, when I see Crossing the Line on the side of taking you for granted, I'd be like, oh, that's a shame because it's a good film. But you're right. I do think Hugh has, what, three lines? I'm sorry. I want to see more of his Scottish accent. I wanted to see whether he'd be able to hold it up for a while. Yeah, Because it's the kind of thing where, like, some of his accents have begun to... Like, I can remember American Dreams. He starts off with this, like, American accent. And by the end, he sounds like he does a Notting Hill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. They, they They go... I mean, putting saying they go in waves is is putting it politely. They like they all just dip in and out of being good and then just being Hugh Grant in <laughs> everything else. So I think you're right, but yeah, I think I can't argue with that. Hugh Grant, they are taking Hugh for granted because as good as Liam Neeson was, Hugh Grant should have played that role. <laughs> I'm serious. Hugh Grant should have played the bare knuckle fighter <laughs> who had gone out there and beats this guy to a pulp. It would have been so sick. <laughs> well, we've already seen, unfortunately, in an awfully big adventure that Hugh is not one to be punched in the face. He doesn't take it no, that well. He can't take it that well, yeah. I'll be I just like love the idea that if somehow in that film Gordon had been pushed between these two men, Liam Neeson and this other guy battling out and Hugh would have fainted on the spot. <laughs> it would have been amazing. So good. But yes, I think much like uh, the chap who was fighting Liam Neeson, I think it, that's a knockout, unfortunately, for crossing the line. It's crossed the line over into the taking Hugh for granted column, unfortunately. Indeed. Indeed. But it is worth watching. I mean, it's on YouTube. So again, it's another one. Yeah. I know we say this a lot. You should go watch the film. But it's mm. again, it's a very easy watch on YouTube. Mm. And you get to see some of that potentially... Liam Neeson content. I assume he might have a Alan Rickman TikTok equivalent. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm sure he does. <laughs> so join. Yeah. T- what was it? Hugh Talk and Rick Talk and Rick Talk. <laughs> yeah, and Knee Talk. Knee Talk. Yeah. Knee Talk. <laughs> yeah, Liam. Nah, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> hey. But it was, uh, yeah, a good film. Check it out. We'll obviously be there. We might have to leave a comment on that video, as we always do. Or you have, mate. Oh, come on. (laughs) You love to see it. Look at that. You're an absolute genius. Um, So, yeah, come find us on there. That'd be great. You can, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's nothing on there yet. That may well change. We have quite a lot of subscribers, though. Really? How have we got? I don't know. I think we've got, like, 30. What the hell? Really? I think so. That's hilarious. Right, guys, you're abs- all of you are legends. Thank you so much for following us on there. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at Taking You For Granted. On Twitter, we're at Taking Hugh. We've got 29 it's subscribers, been- so we're, we're I- looking for the big 30. We're looking for the big 30. Lads, help us out here. We're looking for the big 30. We are watching the big man and we want the big 30 so who's the big man who's going to step up and help us do that it could be you it could be you sort us out check us out on there and stay tuned for our next episode please do follow us wherever you listen to this leave a rating if you'd like to on itunes or anywhere else Mm. that you can help us find the charts a bit like quick shout out diggory's Real sex oh. education podcast. I, I he oh. gets embarrassed when I do this, but oh. it was number one oh. in the UK on the sexuality 
chart. So, you know, Woo! go check that out. Give us yeah. a rating. See us soar back up the film charts. We're always we're always in them, by the way. In, yeah. in, in lots of random there. countries. So we love the love that you're showing us. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you so much, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye. Taking Hugh for Granted is produced, edited, and presented by Diggory Waite and Oscar Beardmore Gray. The producers of Taking Hugh for Granted would like to state that this podcast is in no way associated with the actor Hugh John Mungo Grant, nor does it endorse his views or represent him in any way. Instead, by creating this podcast, Oscar and Diggory hope to celebrate Hugh's illustrious career, reliving his old classics and shedding light on some of his hidden gems. Hugh. If you're listening, we hope you approve.